from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. McNamara. Hello, hello. How are you? Hi. And Dominic Sherwood with this fake British accent. I know. It's <laughs> it's eventually the secret's gonna come out and people are gonna be curious. You know, we were at least two or three episodes into my tenure before I knew you were from England. That was really? the greatest acting of all. Yeah, because you stayed in character all day mm-hmm. and you guys yeah. never invited me to socialize and party. So <laughs> I never found out like the smoking drinking dom with the um with the with the fake literally the first time you did it, I said, Fuck, you do a great British accent. I said, Usually the Americans aren't as good on the British accent as the Brits are on the English. And it turned out that that's what was true and I was the last to know. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. You, bro. I'm sorry no to apologies. have deceived well you. Well done. Well done. I say you're a, you're a true pro. At least you were then. And yeah, it's all he gone downhill since then. It's a nightmare. Honestly. <laughs> Kat, how are you, lady? Look at you. I'm good. I'm Look good. Look at those lashes, for goodness sakes. Oh, my God. All mine. <laughs> Just a lot of mascara. Thank you. It's so good, good to see you. We, uh, yeah. you know, when we started this podcast, you were obviously right there at the top of our list. We couldn't have couldn't have done this without you. So thank you for oh, being here goodness. today. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I pressure's on then for I, I I need some new jokes if that's the case because <laughs> I'm going to have to visit the other realm for some new material. There you go. I disagree. It was it was like number one question on my list to be like we're talking to an Oscar winner. That's that's what's we happening are. right now. We're talking to an Oscar winner. You are first not Oscar question, award Bob. winning guest, Miles. Is that right? Is- Am I? Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope I'm not the last. I hope so too. Keep <laughs> the standards high, guys. Keep there we the go. High. There we go. Well, you've certainly raised our standards quite a bit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Miles, why don't we start with your background, your history, how you got involved in the entertainment industry, and then we'll move on to some more shadow stuff later on. But tell us a little about you. Tell the audience about you. 
Where are you sure. from? Well, How'd you dive in? Well, my name is Miles Dale. I'm a, a producer and overnight sensation after 35 years in the business. Um, <laughs> I, I got my start as a production assistant. Uh, I, I live in Toronto. I've continued to mostly work in Toronto, but you know we go other places. And you know, uh, for the last 10 years, I've been fortunate to have um, a great partner by the name of Guillermo del Toro, and we've made some what I consider to be memorable thing memorable things together. And during that time period in, you know, the summer of love, the summer of 2015, I was fortunate enough to be able to hang with you guys and come and hopefully bring a resting heart rate to um, the first season of the show, which was, uh, it was a great summer. I got to say, I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Oh, we were so lucky to have you. I think we, yeah, I was going to say, we were very lucky to to have experienced that 2015 the way we did. Mm-hmm. But you came on right at a point where we were getting into kind of the thick of a lot of pivotal episodes of Shadowhunters and uh, directed three of the most iconic episodes of season one. Well, it's funny because, yeah, I didn't know a whole lot about the show. And I got a call uh, to say, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing this coming on as the producing director? And, you know, I had always been a producer. And at some point in my like pretty early. I was like a baby line producer. I was maybe 30 on Friday the 13th. And one of the directors said to me, you know, you should really direct. And I said to him, you know, that is so nice of you to say that you think that I have like the tools and the skill set to, to be a director. He said, no, no, no. You need director empathy. Like you need to know what we're talking about instead of just looking at your watch and saying it's time to go home and not knowing the coverage and all that. And so I really kind of (laughs) took that to heart because uh, uh, other producers had said to me even earlier in my 20s when I was just sort of breaking in that it's important for, um, you know, any producer to sort of not necessarily to do every job, although it's helpful, but to understand every job. So Mm -hmm. you understand the value of things. Like if you spend time in the editing room, you know how editing works. If you spent time in wardrobe, you know what's important about costumes or hair or makeup or or props or or production design. So, you know, I asked a lot of questions of those people. And of course, working with directors, I said, okay, I'm going to go direct something. And so I think the first show, I was about 30, a show called Top Cops. And I convinced this guy, Sonny Grasso, who was the showrunner of the French Connection Cop. I was producing the show, line producing the show. And I said, you got to let me direct one. And I did, and it was fun and great, and I learned a lot. And then I just kept directing mostly episodes of my own shows, like on, um, you know, RoboCop, and then there was a show called FX and some other shows, and then did some mm-hmm. other people's shows. And then we came to The Strain that we started in um, 2013, mm-hmm. and I did I started doing, you know, episodes of that. You know, as you guys know, sometimes with a, with a familiar face who – knows what's happening what you know every line of what every character has said in your character and your character as opposed to the guy or the lady or the person who comes in for three weeks and is like a not necessarily a journeyman director but somebody who may not have the full context of 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 the show so i always felt directing on my own shows it was it was fun and i thought the cast appreciated it um and and it just kind of made me better so we had finished the i think it was the second season of the strain and i got this call to come over with you guys. And I quickly familiarized, I think you were on show five at the time. And then mm-hmm. I directed seven, 10, and then 13, which was the, mm-hmm. the season finale where, as we all now know, um, Jace takes a potential turn to the dark side dun, and hops dun, dun. on that, that boat, that crazy boat, <laughs> crazy uh, boat. With that drone that I had to talk Don Carmody into getting after promising yeah. my Gosh. firstborn. Um, but so I, I got up to speed pretty quickly and, you know, I hadn't read the book, so I got the mythology going. And really, you know, a first season is always um, a discovery process. It is. And it's so, explorative, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're finding levels, you're finding character, you're finding chemistry, you're finding the look of the show. Um, and and it's, it's a first season is seldom the best because you're really, you know, finding what works and what doesn't. And, and so I really enjoyed that part of it. And I have to say having normally, you know, producing shows that I might also be a producing director on. I loved not having all those other responsibilities and not even though I was cognizant of the money and the time <laughs> and everything, I didn't have to worry about it. You know, all I had to worry about was, was, you know, the, the, the you know, the script and the shots and the, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And it was a really kind of a wonderful, it was a fun summer. It, it, it yeah. was. It's, it really was. What people should understand, I think, about especially line producing is a is a big one. Like I have learned that as soon as the line producer walks on set, 
shits up like something's up like something Something, yeah it's like we're running out of time or we're running out of money (laughs) and we gotta we gotta start moving and it just you see them like yeah Mm -hmm. you see them coming from a distance you're like oh i remember greg would be rolling in and i'm like greg (laughs) save your breath like you're singing my song brother i know i know where you live um but but you know i we got it all reasonably done i have to say you guys Mm -hmm. were so great though because you know, you were, you were really eager, you know, and you, you had great chemistry and you were friendly with each other and you committed to the material and you knew your lines and you knew the physical stuff. So I got to tell you, that makes it so much easier, you know, for me, because those were kind of challenging days. Like a lot of what we were doing with, you know, whether it's out in the Sealy forest with those crazy candles and a lightning storm or whatever, it's just, it's just helpful for me able to say, Guys, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to approach it. And you're always just so, um, uh, uh, you know, willing to to take that journey. So it was fun for me. Look, the whole crazy thing was it's like how many times and and I got lucky because I got your first kiss, yeah. which yep. is pretty awesome, which I That's looked right. at it again. And it's so funny with the way this rock video music crashes yeah. in on I the know, kiss so great. And, and Matt and Amaro <laughs> just head for the hallway. Right. It was so funny. <laughs> And the circling cameras. M- moments after you had stabbed, you know, Jason the gut, and then you know he yeah. really the, the monster was looking like he was getting going for a kiss too. There, you know, <laughs> the, but, but that was pretty hilarious. And then, of course, in the next episode, number ten, uh, you know, Major Arcana, uh, we get to go to the other world where you mm-hmm. guys get to kiss again, but not in, mm-hmm. not uh, you know, where where Clary's like, what's going on here? And I think I'm liking it, but the Sealy guy warned me that uh, things could get carried away. The tingling yeah. that I'm feeling is me getting carried away. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Is this PG or PG? <laughs> no. Not at all. This, this okay, is great. whatever PG we want to be. Yeah, talk. Good. Adult talk. There was tingling. Yes. So anyway, was tingling. that was, that was pretty funny. That whole going into that world and, and, you know, Alice in Wonderland, which was like mm-hmm. a nice kind of Disney thing. And remember we had those crazy machines yeah. at that party. Yeah. The photo booth things and all that jazz. The photo booth. Yeah. We should have that at the rap party. Not just right? on set. I thought that yeah. that was a real mistake on behalf of production. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> we need it for reshoots at the end of the season. The, we just need one more shot. There was real world kissing, and then there was fake world kissing, and then there was dematerializing in the closet face to face with a, that yeah. whole thing. And so I just remember all that fun kind of sexual tension between your two characters, which was great, you know, and then, and then the end, like the big sacrifice that, that, that Jace makes at the end to go off with, with Valentine. So I, I really thought I got some juicy shows. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I hope we made the most of them. Well, so that's what I was going to say, you know, what's interesting about about when you get something that you're like, oh, we have three episodes that are actually quite prominent in the story on paper, is then it's sort of, then there is a gauntlet laid down on the director. And I think a lot of audience members don't necessarily see that unless you're in the sort of, you know, even the Guillermo or or the Tarantino level where you're like, well, this is this is a Tarantino movie or this is a Guillermo movie. And you're like, we are expecting a very specific type of thing from this. But that responsibility yeah. always comes to the director, no matter who you are or what, whether it's a show or a movie or whatever it is, a lot of that responsibility comes down to the director. Um, and we have to tip our caps to you because you did an amazing job. I will tell you a funny story. So I, I don't think I even ever told you this. So when we're filming episode 13, there's a point Jace gets that he's trying to get hold of Clary and her phone is like off or in a dead zone for whatever reason. Um, and he can't do because, it, so he just takes because off Because the running. script demanded it, Tom. <laughs> because it would have been too because easy the script if said so. <laughs> because the script said so. Um, so anyway, he takes off running. And one of my best friends in the world is there on set that day, Alex Kinsey. And we do a couple takes of it, and I come over and we say, yeah, we're done with that scene, we're going to move on. Yeah, great. I come over and Kinsey goes, hey, man, are you sure you're done with that scene? And I'm like, yeah, they just said we're, we're done with that, we're going to move on to the next thing. He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, why? And he goes, no, it's nothing. It's not a big deal. You just make a funny face when you run. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I make a funny face when I run? And he's like, yeah, you just make like a kind of a face. It's not a big deal because it's done now, but you make a funny face. And literally <laughs> as he's saying the last face, it was either you or Pierre goes, hey, Dom, we need one more. And I was like, 
I don't know how I'm going to do this now. Like, what oh, do I no. do? Paranoid. <laughs> I'm so paranoid. Either way, neither the funny face nor the face I tried to control. Is this like the Tom Cruise fake grimace face? I don't know. I don't know what it was. Either way, didn't end up in the show. Is this when you were running behind the studio, right? Yeah. We, we did yeah, that yeah, in yeah. the back of the studio. Yeah. Yeah, I remember your face was really rough. <laughs> yeah. We oh had to. God. I think we had to fix that with visual effects, as I recall. <laughs> yeah. Well, by the way, that's obviously a good friend or a guy who likes pranking you right there. He's a good friend, for sure. That's both. That's Alex Kinsey, who wrote the music for our podcast. A good, a great friend would have told me after take right. one. That's what he would have done. He would have told me after right. take yeah. one. He was, he was sort of pulling you along there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, thank you for not sharing that. But I'm sure that we, uh, I'm sure that for us, it was focus or something trivial and had nothing to do oh, with your sure. otherwise impeccable performance. We'll no, it's see. True. I don't know about it's all true. that. You're just I so committed. I'm going to rewatch you know? now. I'm going to rewatch in <laughs> slow motion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really go for it. Whatever's happening. But I don't it's know. a Tom Cruise run too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, you got it. Got to do the Tom Cruise. That thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I now yeah. like I'm now like super paranoid about it. I'm at the gym today on the treadmill, and I'm like, what does my face look like? I have no idea. I need to figure <laughs> right. this out. Yeah, I think you should tell your trainer I want to do running in front of a mirror for my yeah, next workout. Go. Right? It has to be in front of a mirror. Right, a mirror. Yeah, and record it, it like, like, with you your, like with your golf swing. Get him to record. Yeah, it. and really, ah, that's going to get me yeah. a great <laughs> reputation as an actor. By the way, every time I go to a trainer, I'm like, record me and put a mirror here. That's what I need. <laughs> I have to workshop my my running face. Right. This is right. what I'm Who's workshopping. The guy in the gym me? with all the lights around him. <laughs> <laughs> just we ignore him. We just let him do his thing. Mugging and running. Mugging and running. Oh, this is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Surrendous. Oh yeah, but that was that was a fun show. And it, you know what was fun about every one of those shows was that they were all kind of you know different you know when we yeah. went into that i love the second one where we went into that other world through the portal and it was a so whole different fun. thing and a, and a whole yeah. you know it gave you guys a chance to stretch out in these yeah. sort of other you know personas that 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 might have been you so i thought that that was you know Im imaginatively written and i will mm -hmm. say back to your comment dom about it all being in the hands of the director i felt lucky you know ed you know who was the showrunner in the first season mm -hmm. pretty mm -hmm. much you know, I, I wouldn't say he left us alone, but more than usual, because having been on the other side of you know, all kinds of serious television, oftentimes the showrunners and, and the writers are on top of you a lot more, as you guys know, and there isn't that same level of freedom. And, and mm -hmm. sometimes you're in a box and sometimes you're not. But I certainly felt having having been, you know, on the other side of it. And we always try to run our shows, you know, whether it was the the strain or uh, certainly this recent show that we did an anthology as as really director friendly and giving mm -hmm. giving a bit more leeway to the directors to see what you can find and if someone goes off piece as happens from time to time you correct but at least you have a chance to see what they've got in mind and mm -hmm. what they can bring you know you, you know so yes it'll be within the the general confines of the visual style, but like with our show, and again, talk, talk about episode 10, like that show called for a very different visual style. So I remember we yeah. shot it differently. We did the color differently. Mm -hmm. um, some of the transitions were different, uh, uh, you know, where, where it wanted to feel like a different, um, you know, world. So yeah. it's nice to be able to have that freedom. And, and certainly I, I felt that when we were doing the shows. Well, absolutely. And to your point, Miles, too, a lot of that, that is part of the magic of Shadowhunters and of how that production was run. And, and a lot of that's due to folks like you. You let every department do their job and have their own creative space. And it became such a collaborative set because everyone, there was a clear vision, but everyone was allowed freedom within that vision to bring their interpretation of it and work together to do so. And it, it created from the actors to the script to the production design and the costumes and everything this world where when we have an episode and go okay we know our world now let's turn it on its head and do everything different everyone gets excited all over again because you get to have that sort of creative impetus all over and and you know so that's a credit to you to allowing us all to kind of do that well it starts on the page it always starts on the page but but um the good news is the source material was great yeah. Um, the writers, I think, adapted it really well and it, and it gave us a great kind of springboard to say, okay, what can we do visually? Well, there's a lot of opportunity, you know, for visuals, you know, in terms of some of the creatures, like I was looking at again, the little 
spider guys that were chasing you through yeah. the tunnels. I, I yeah. forget what they were called, but you know, those Shaxton. were great. Like, I remember that because it yeah, was a Shaxton. football. It was a Nerf ball. Do you remember? That's what we had on the day was, yeah. a, was yeah. a Nerf yeah. ball. And that was my first experience at, uh, at having to, I've had experiences before. I have to imagine something that isn't there is there, but I've never had to imagine something that is there is something else there. <laughs> I've never had that before. So that was an interesting <laughs> one. I was watching it again too. I don't know if you remember the Sealy dude where he's doing his little yeah. dance mm-hmm. at, the, Jade, at the portal yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he was doing that whole thing. And I just remember we're standing there in the woods and if everyone looked and saw this guy going like, you know, like this <laughs> yeah. and like this, is like somebody like the mushrooms are kicking in, you know, yeah, on that guy. Sure. It was one of those things where, you know, you look at it with all the swirly twinkle and mm-hmm. it looks pretty good, but it was, I, I think I probably say to him, look, I know this feels ridiculous at this moment, but you'll thank us later. It's gonna yeah. Oh, well, we, that was a common moving. occurrence on Shadowhunters. I mean, yeah, a few a episodes lot. prior to you coming on, we had that our first big werewolf fight in all the shipping containers. And that was Pierre running around with a tennis ball and a stick going, another over here, another <laughs> down here. And there's another one over here. And we're all yeah. trying to, you know, keep a straight face through it all. Yeah, a couple of demons tennis come balls. in. He does, he does love his tennis balls. We had a couple of demons come in that were uh, just very in shape stunt people in head to toe green morph suits with sort of oh, yeah. sticks again for like eyeline and whatever. And I'm just sort of jealously looking at abs through this like through this <laughs> skin tight suit. Like it's this is actually making this very difficult to focus for me. Actually, if you could have had someone who was in right. medium shape, that would have been great. But you well, in a that's bodybuilder. how you felt. You can imagine how I felt. I'll get you a Kleenex, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. So, but you do do, you do do. It's nine o'clock here and I'm childish and I'm going to let that joke slide. That's okay. Um, Thanks. I appreciate that. Thanks very much. Um, you do a lot of um, supernatural work or, or otherworldly work, I guess, with um, yeah. obviously The Shape of Water. Congratulations again. Um, Thank you. What do you think fun. it is that draws you to that sort of, I mean, it's obviously your partnership with Guillermo, but like, what what is it that you find so entrancing about things like Shadowhunters, things like The Shape of Water, where there is this fantastical feel to them? Well, I think it just takes you to to uh, other worlds, and, and certainly, um, 
you know, you can deal with things, you know, metaphorically and allegorically, mm-hmm. which sometimes is um, more interesting than straight up the middle. Um, I mean, I'm just generally attracted to good material, even though, okay. you know, a lot of the stuff that I've done with Guillermo from Mama to The Strain to Shape, um, I'm just drawn to good material, a good story and good storytelling. But I think it gives you that kind of material just gives you the ability to come at it from a different angle, say some things in a different way. I mean, ultimately, you know, a lot of these things are thematically similar, you know, in terms of their their good versus evil, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, the things that they're, they're trying to say, the things that, you know, right from wrong, all, all those things, uh, human relationships and how we see them. And, 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 you know, for Shadowhunters, it was just, it was a different kind of challenge, you guys as young adults uh, growing up. And it, it, it was not really dissimilar to the kinds of, of challenges that, you know, teens and, and young adults face today. It's just a different venue. You know, right. so so right. with, with slightly <laughs> higher stakes. I know that sounds incredibly simplistic, but really, I think that it, for for an audience, it's it doesn't it's relatable all. in a way because it was it's the relationships, it's yeah. the romance, mm-hmm. it's the parental issues that mm-hmm. you have. I mean, you could you could think about about Valentine and Jocelyn essentially as just you know as a kid as a, 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 a if you were a child of divorced parents, you know yeah. you could actually relate to that, uh, to, uh, you know, taking sides, um, uh, in a, in a broken home. So, mm-hmm. you know, really, I think you could look at some of those things and just find a- anyone certainly of, of a younger age can find something to relate to in there. And I think it's the same with the shape of water. I mean, it just tells a story about, you know, the people who are, are, are in power, who are inherently sort of corrupt and the people who are underserved and without agency and without voice, whether, you know, it's a mute cleaning lady or a, a gay man, Richard's uh, character, uh, and 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 how they see the world and how how they mm-hmm. they treat the world and how the world treats them. So, in a way, a lot of it comes down to you know the basics of um, those kinds of, of themes of, of human behavior and emotions and, and everything else. And it's just the venue that we set them in. So, uh, for me, if it's if it's an inventive uh, construction that way, uh, something new that we haven't maybe seen before or, or different, or just a story well told that, that resonates. That's kind of the thing that draws me. Absolutely. And we talk about that a lot on the show. You know, we've had a chance to go all over the world and do comic cons and meet the shadow fam in person and all of this. And that is something that always strikes people is, you know, we tell the story about vampires and werewolves and shadow hunters, and yet they're going through such human things. It gives people a chance to connect and relate and sort of look at their own lives objectively for the first time sometimes um, and see other perspectives as well. And that's, uh, I think that's, you know, the point of what we do. We want to just tell stories and hold that mirror up to the human experience and, you know, make a couple's first kiss look like a rock music video sometimes. Speaking of, that we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk more about this because Kat and I have talked about this at length at every <laughs> Comic-Con. It's the question we get asked, what is it like filming a kiss, especially a kiss so sort of iconic already in the storylines? And mm-hmm. my answer is always the same. It's not as romantic as you think. There's a lot, it's the least there's a lot of people involved in this. Because we, what we remember, or I, Kat and I have spoken about this, what we remember yeah. a lot of is is the angles of the cameras being a certain way. So we would be mid makeout and hear a, okay, and turn, and we'd have Switch. to- Tilt our heads the other way. And our heads Lean back on your way. right foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can yeah, you yeah. move your left right. eye to so, the right? <laughs> so romantic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, it's, it, it, well, look, imagine sex then. I mean, I, I've got this Netflix series, Sex Life, that's on now. Where, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's my show. But so, I mean, you talk yeah. about technical, um, that can get very, and you know, with intimacy coordinators now. So now know, so all we that. should talk about that because this is a, yeah. is, this is a sort of brave new world. I've now had them, I've had an intimacy coordinator twice now. Um, and they're, for anyone who doesn't know that their job is to uh, provide basically a safe talking space when you're performing something intimate with, uh, with a partner. Or even sometimes without a partner, it's it's to provide a safe space for the performer and for everyone else on set to make sure that they feel comfortable with everything that's going on, basically, right. is their job. But this didn't exist 
five years ago, six years ago. This just, it wasn't a thing. It was just, and it's now sort of a safety protocol. It's really a post Me Too. Correct. Yeah. Kind of yeah. when it came in, yeah. yeah. I mean, post Shadowhunters yeah. for us. You know, so it was a needed thing. And rightly so. Look, I think that over the years, some people have, have taken liberties, whether it be mm-hmm. directors or producers or, um, you know, actors where the power dynamic may have been favor of an older male star who was working with a younger, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, last tango in Paris, you know, famously many things over the years. But, um, you know, I think it's a welcome uh, 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 addition. And I think yeah. as performers, you guys would know better than me mm-hmm. uh, uh, to be able to at least say, hey, you know, here's how I feel about this. And you know, if he could, you know, put his hand here instead of here, I'd be more comfortable. And the best intimacy coordinator are certainly worth their weight in gold because they they are additive. Uh, mm-hmm. They're helpful communicating, and they don't get in the way. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you'll get the power hungry one that's all sort of driving it. And 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 you know, I've I've, I've had great experiences, and I've had experiences that have not been as that's good. But I think for 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 you guys, it it it, it can't be a bad thing. Um, because no. if everything's fine, it's yeah. like, you know, we did a scene with, um, you know, Bradley Cooper and Tony Collette on the last movie, and there was going to be some kissing in the snap. Now they're both very experienced actors at the top of their game. And I offered them both and they just said, yeah, no, we're fine. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but it depends. That's not always mm-hmm. the situation. And, and, and with, uh, and certainly with younger people who are less experienced in, um, this, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, h- helpful because you never know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. and, and you don't want it to a get weird or, or b you know, derail or C mm-hmm. create, re- you know, relationship issues. So, uh, look, I, I felt like it was perfectly natural. You guys are both very kissable. So, uh, asking you to kiss was just <laughs> easy to do said yeah. i can see this i can imagine this in my head yeah. so action you know there also there comes with a comfortability and cat and, and i on this show talk a lot about safety and the feeling of safety um mm-hmm. <clears throat> which not only comes from you know cat and i's dynamic with each other but also from people like you from people like pierre from the crew that we have around us who do make us feel safe and who make us feel seen and heard um if we do have any grievances because you're right like if there if there is like you know, a leering or if there's any sort of like weirdness on set, then it does make those situations a little uncomfortable. Um, and you know, it, it comes from the head and you were the captain of the ship when we were doing that. And it was our first big one. And, um, it, it was comfortable. It did feel safe and there's nothing more I can say about that. That's the, that's, that's the be all and end all. that's really the the kind of the leadership responsibility and Mm -hmm. and and you know hopefully everybody is in that um space you know um an actor uh and this is testing the pg-13 of it all but an actor who shall remain nameless said to me you know he used to go into those scenes pre-intimacy and he would say to the lady that he was in the scene with he said i just want to let you know if something happens down there it's nothing personal and if nothing happens down there, it's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. <laughs> and, and that was the version of an intimacy coordinator in the 90s. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. And yeah. I need you to sign here, here, and here. So, <laughs> so look. Well, to be fair, I, feel I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 better now. And 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 we didn't have that, you know, too, too much of that going on. Look, I thought that the show was also a little bit, if not ahead of its time, certainly progressive in mm-hmm. the um, – the story between Matt and Harry's characters. 100%. Uh, I thought it really dealt dealt with that, you know, kind of head on, which was nice, you know, yeah. at a time when not not everybody was doing that. So I, I really felt like, you know, a, a, everything was pretty organic uh, in that way. And as a as a guide for young adults, I thought it was kind of pretty healthy in the relationship department in terms of sort of truthfully expressing, you know, the kinds of things that are that are going on in those people's lives. And again, maybe some LGBTQ kids who were out there watched the show and thought, okay, you know, this is th- th- these guys, these these superheroes. We've um, heard that. Uh, We've heard uh, that from, uh, from the mouths of fans since then. We hear that, that time and time yeah, again. Yeah, we hear it a lot. That yeah, a lot and of that people, was five years yeah. ahead of the first uh, Marvel gay character, you know? Yeah. Uh, exactly. So. Yeah. What's so lovely about it is that we, you know, we get to do what we love for a living. We get to play make believe and tell stories and do all of this. But the fact that it 
means something to someone and it can provide some sort of solace or answer or maybe just even a, a new perspective to someone out there in the world. It's 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 the biggest gift and it's the most humbling thing I think about this show and why we've all stayed so connected and why the shadow fam is what it is. And, and we've all kind of, the show is stuck with so many of us for a lot of reasons. Well, that's great that you hear that from the fans at the, at the fan events, because, you know, it, it means that you really did have an effect. And, you know, at the end of the day, entertainment is one thing. Um, but being able to move people and, and, and have uh, stories that resonate with an audience just beyond entertainment value, I think is, is something that's pretty noble you know, and, and if you can, if you can do that, you're doing, you know, something more than, than, than just entertainment value. So, so I, I really, you know, uh, uh, respected the show and it's writing, you know, for that part of it. That's well, you great. helped to establish so many of the kind of pivotal moments of season one, but also parts of our world. The first time we went to the Sealy Court was... Mm-hmm. In episode ten, in the first time with we those got candles, to the, it was candles, the, right? Yeah. It was that like, was yeah, the, the snow candles. Thing. They're probably illegal that. by now. Yeah. So well, I'm well, sure. We, and do you remember the storm that day? There was a crazy yeah. storm too. I yeah, it was like that. lightning. I think hit a tree about twenty feet it, from us. So. so I actually know this because we were. So my family was there. My mom, my stepdad, and my little brother were there, and my stepdad's a big rugby playing guy you know big tough dude um and comes rushing into my trailer like sheet white and i'm like what's going on and he was like lightning just nearly killed me and i was like i don't know if it nearly killed you but <laughs> sure enough it was like 20 feet away just like struck was, the ground yeah oh my it, it was it was it was killing lightning for sure so no i had <laughs> said to the special effects guys we're looking to do something magical in the Sealy yeah. Glade. So the guy showed me a couple things and I was, is that legal? Is that legal? He goes, he goes well, this is legal for now. So, and it was these candles. <laughs> and, for now. <laughs> and these candles. And you remember they, it created like, it was like the worst version of pollen, but yeah. it was, it was great. And you know, now yeah. you would just do that with visual effects, you know, without yep. right. a doubt. And it would be an easy cycle. But, you know, this was well, seven years ago now. So so mm-hmm. I remember there there was like an army of like four or five dudes, you know, standing in the in the you know, woods <laughs> or the candles. Yeah. And the fans. Exactly. Like airplane operators just, you know, it looked great. Listen, season two, we ended up using like pussy willows, like handfuls and handfuls <gasps> of these like dandelion. You, you, you can't say that anymore. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> They've renamed it. Is the HR name of the flower? It's the name of the flower. Or um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> get in real trouble. It's the name of the flower. It's, little, and it's these like dandelion spores. type things. Right. And they just yeah. blew bags and bags and bags of them into the room. And we're doing these like screaming scenes and whatever. And I was blowing. Inhaling. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was blowing I blew these them out like, of my pollen nose things out of my nose for days. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. horrendous. I would take uh, smoke out What you do for your art, guys. What you do for your art. <laughs> oh, it's true. But they were also like glitter and they never went away. You know, 10 yeah. episodes later, we were just, we would find them in yep. our right. everything. In your ear or yeah. something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Somewhere you didn't want them to be. There's your PG-13 you know, right but there. there's always there's always that <laughs> element on set. It just depends on the set, whether it's, you know, snow candles or I just, I just did a Western pilot and dust. Oh my mm. gosh, dust everywhere. Yeah. Hey, look, you know what? That's what we do. We make magic. Yeah. So, you know, the, the guys tried a few things and it looked great. Again, I watched that again a little while ago and, and it looks great and it does it feel does. like a, a different place, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I credit the special effects guys with mm-hmm. staying with something um, that is only semi-harmful. Yeah, well, uh, okay. So as a director, how do you sort of, not the semi-harmful aspect of it, but what, goes into making those sort of decisions because obviously we live in a world today where practical and special effects there's that or practical and visual effects rather there's the great debate and so where how how do you go about kind of making those choices and picking and choosing your moments as a director right well i'm joking about the semi-harmful because you know there are there are very straight (laughs) rules that we talk about so you know there used to be various kinds of 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 water-based uh oil-based smokes that are gone Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, spectral smoke, which is gone. Water-based smoke now is is pretty easy. So we look at the MSDS of the, um, you know, the the uh, the rules and what the what the government health organizations say. 
And generally, you know, we'll find something. But I think more and more, I have to say, the, you know, the tilt has gone from practical to uh, the effects. I mean, now, you know, I mean, one of the best examples as an example is um, squibs. I don't know if you guys have ever had Mm -hmm. them, but, you know, Mm -hmm. these things, you know, when you get shot, you know, they put a new shirt on and they've got the squibs on your chest and they've got little blood bags in them. And you go and, you know, you'll hear the director go and you're shot one, two, three. And the squibs will go one, two, three. And and then, okay, cut. Now go back to wardrobe, take off your shirt, take off the squibs, reload the squibs, reload the wardrobe back on the Mm -hmm. set a half hour later. If you do three takes, it's an hour and a half. Now, of course, Mm -hmm. you've got a before and after shirt. You, you get shot. Visual effects does the, the 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 hits with the beautiful blood spray, and now cut. Okay, throw on the after shirt, and you're done. You know, again, we just had on Nightmare Alley. There was this pit of uh, uh, snakes. I don't know if you guys have seen the film, but in in um, no, not yet. Don't give anything uh, away. I'm yet. really excited to watch yeah. it. I'm okay, well, the, date the night snake movie. thing will not give. This won't give much away. Okay, okay. So so there's a, a carnival and there's a geek pit and. It was like Guillermo was like, okay, I want snakes in the bottom of the geek pit, real snakes. And I said, okay, well, Guillermo, that's okay. But A, we've got uh, Paul Anderson. You might know Paul Anderson, Mm -hmm. British fellow from Peaky Blinders, who's going to be in the geek pit. He might step on one. He might get bitten by one. The snakes are incredibly expensive. And by the way, they don't move much when it's cold. And it was cold. So we brought the snakes over one day just as a point of um, really proof for me. And <laughs> they, as predicted, Paul was like, ah, I don't know about those snakes. And and they didn't move. And so it was like, pack up the snakes. And now, you know, we see in almost every shot, there's like a visual effects snake. We, th- we threw some rubber snakes in there. By the way, if you guys want rubber snakes, I've got like a box. Of <laughs> so sure. let me, uh, give, me a, give me a mailing address. I'll send a rubber snake. Um, but, you know, all those shots ended up being VFX snakes, whereas back in the day, it would have been real snakes. Uh, so so there's there's all kinds of stuff now where there's a reason why visual effects is a, is a, a rapidly expanding business. And that's because it's just, it might be a little more expensive, but it saves you time on set. Usually there's a safety factor that goes along uh, uh, with that. So, you know, we've really learned to embrace it. I mean, Guillermo was a big, big, you know, he started as a makeup artist. Yeah. And he was a big practical FX guy. Mm-hmm. And increasingly, you know, we've been doing a lot more with VFX. And certainly the final brush strokes, like if you look at The Shape of Water, you know, the creature, uh, Doug Jones' character had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's got a suit on and everything. But all the micro expressions, the blinks, the eyebrow yeah. raises, the little facial expressions that that really are the the nuances of the character and and and. and you know, how he was uh, sort of feeling at a given moment, that was all the effect. So, so there's there's so many applications and it's been nice to be able to sort of explore that and grow with the business where, where you can, you know, start to make your own um, uh, decisions about what, what, what will be better or more um, uh, uh, efficient time-wise um, mm-hmm. in terms of Well, and uh, creatively you get more choices as well with a lot of it, right? Like yeah. exactly what you were just saying, you know, you put Paul in a pit of snakes. Hmm. I know for me as an actor, there's like a there are other things that I'm worried about right now, other than just performing the scene that needs to be performed. Like I'm right. worried about getting bit by a snake. Like it's a real concern <laughs> that I now have. Um, yeah. or, now or, that or, I know. or stepping on a snake, Dom. Or stepping on a snake, of course. Yeah, the of course, huh? of mm-hmm. course. Well, and also that would probably lead to me getting bit. So it's gonna hurt everyone. <laughs> That's not yeah. gonna nobody's gonna Nobody love wins. that. Nobody, Nobody wins. wins. In that scenario. <laughs> scenario. <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. I do think there is a time for practical effects. I think I think the one we're going to see disappear soonest is uh, guns, live gunfire. I think yeah. live gunfire is going to is, well, is a yeah. thing of the past, you know. Mm-hmm. Look, I'll, I'll say this. There's no reason for practical gunfire at this point. I, I'll actually tell you there's an interesting on this anthology series we just did. Mm-hmm. We had a scene where a guy was supposed to fire a fully automatic machine gun at a creature at nothing in particular Mm -hmm. and everyone was obviously very nervous but in our case it was because it was in extreme slow motion Mm -hmm. and all the casings were going to be flying out of this gun and forget about the muzzle flash but that's one Mm -hmm. thing so we talked about whether to do it or not and 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 we have a great gun wrangler our guy charlie Mm -hmm. and we decided to do it you know obviously we cleared the set and everything else but typically we won't there's absolutely no reason for live gunfire, especially in the day, I will say. At at night, you get a little bit of, you still do your muzzle flashes, but you get mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, reflective light mm-hmm. on the actor's uh, face. Mm. Um, but there's really no reason uh, to do it. You don't really see, and muzzle flash, I mean, those are $300 vis effect shots. They're this, the easiest shots, literally really? an eight-year-old could do those things. Wow. Yeah, because think about it. It's just the barrel of the gun for three uh-huh. frames, You've got your little star thing that you've already got in the machine and you just go and that's it. Wow. Like it's the simplest thing you could do. So I, I think you're right. I think that, I mean, any gun safety is going to go up and, and I, yeah. I think that live gunfire, there's a movement right now to just get rid of it completely. I don't know that that's going to happen, but I mean, certainly that will end up, you know, being a, a, a sort of a climactic uh, or a, so certainly too. transitional moment in the history of movie guns. Sadly. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how it works out. I mean, I just did an action movie and we had a lot of live gunfire and we had an incredible gun wrangler team. One of the guys who could like count to to the number of the rounds from a 40, uh, fully automatic gun and he'd come back and be like, I think you fired 15. He'd be like, no, you fired 14. Pull out the magazine and sure enough, there's one still in there. And you're like, wow, that's mind blowing. So I, it was never a point wow. that I didn't feel safe with them. I felt great with them. But the thing I noticed that I couldn't get rid of, me, Dom, as a human being, was the blink reaction to every time yeah. a gun fires. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, it's loud and it's a big sort of, it's an energetic reaction that happens. My character yeah. wouldn't have blinked. He was an ex-Navy SEAL and he's a U.S. Marshal. Like, he wouldn't have blinked. So I don't know how we got around it because it. I, I think they did some sort of clever editing with it. But I physically couldn't stop myself from doing that. As much time as I spent at the range trying to nix that reaction, I couldn't do it. And obviously with a VFX shot, that wouldn't happen because you don't get... I think people forget that blanks are still as loud as bullets, even yeah, louder yeah, sure. in some cases. Like, you know, yeah. we wear ear protection. You, everyone on the crew has to have ear protection in when guns are being fired because it's it's loud. It's really dangerously <laughs> loud. It will do some real damage to it. 
Um, on the other yeah. kind of funny side is that you'll get guys who go and they shoot machine guns and, and there'll be no rounds in them. It'll be effects and you'll see the, their mouth going, Go 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 It's like you did it. I did the same thing. I did the same thing, but with swords and my portal. Because I clearly ended up, you know, doing portals, and I would go every time. Right, But I try so hard not to move my mouth. I couldn't. I couldn't not. I get You're like the total package cat. You are your own sound effects machine. It's phenomenal. <laughs> I try. I, I provide yeah. my own foley on the day. You know, I just, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty common, a pretty common thing. I've heard stories of like the Spider Men underneath the mask going <laughs> every right. time, and the sound guy's like, "We can't even see it. Like, there's no reason for you to be doing this." <laughs> right. Like, if it makes you feel better, we happen. don't care. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> yeah. we get to feel like, you know, kids playing in the middle of a forest with swords and portals and magic all over again. So I think I think sometimes we all just get caught up. You yeah, you guys away. are great with the swords. <laughs> you know, that was also my concern, just those freaking swords flying around, yeah. man. I mean, I had a uh, thing yeah. with Mary Elizabeth Winstead on the thing, where she, or on Scott Pilgrim, rather, where she got nicked with a sword right up here, <sighs> and it's like... Oh, Even the God. soft swords, you know, and the and the, yeah, they the like, yeah. plastic ones. But you guys really trained the crap out of yourselves. I mean, it was it was it was good training. You'll, and you guys will be happy to swords. know that season two, the training escalated, as did the swords. So there were no yes. more snapping at the hilt swords. There were no more like chipped like bits of plastic and battery going everywhere. The mm-hmm. the yeah. caveat there was. They were these very sort of impressive looking, like beautifully silver cleaver style weapons. Again, in the cold, so they're very flexible, mm-hmm. this sort of rubber. The rubber ones, and then in the cold, but... they would sort of almost freeze. They would harden. So then mm-hmm. when you get hit in the finger or whatever, which happens, you're like, wow, that really fucking hurt. Feels like a sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it like a sword. sword. Yeah. We, but, you know, credit to our, to Drew, our set medic, because he would sneak us, you know, bags of ice and liquid yeah. bandage for all of our right. split knuckles and bruises and everything else. And because, you know, Dom and I were in it. We trained so hard. We wanted to keep yeah. fighting. And it's just, yeah. if you choose to do your own stunts, that kind of thing is just, it's an occupational hazard, really. I'd have been asking, where are the season one Fisher Price swords? every time you get nicked you're like actually i didn't mind them bring them back i didn't hate them that much take two with the old sword yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) no it was nice though to have the freedom to actually hit the swords together and to be able to fully kind of extend all those things instead of having to be careful of these fiberglass swords but um a real clang clang yeah Making the noise, yeah, yeah, but you, but but the training showed because I mean, as you guys know, it doesn't just happen. That's all highly choreographed, and Mm -hmm. and there's no like going in on the day and just doing it. So uh, I was always pretty impressed by that. You know, guns are easy, swords are hard. Yeah. Well, it's all it's all about safety and about training and about you know knowing having the knowledge that you need to know and having the team around you that will, you know, train you and teach you and give you those skills. Cause half of being an actor, as you know, both of you know, is learning very quickly how to look as though you are a master at something that you know nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully learning acting. some skills in the yeah. process. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but what a great thing for you guys to do like early in your careers is to be able oh, to yeah. get that done, you know, instead of just uh uh, you know, yakking, it's important because mm-hmm. now you know the difference between the, you know, the, the, the pros and the amateurs, you know, yeah. when you're working with someone who's a, who's a, you know, a good wrangler or a good trainer or yeah. a, a good anything, you, you know, the difference. So, uh, I, I feel like, um, you know, the training on that show was actually at, at a pretty high level. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. Actually, we learned a huge amount from shadow hunters, mm-hmm. I, not just the physical elements, but you know, both of us being at sort of uh, the infancy of our careers, the the things that we learned from people like yourself, the things we learned from Pierre, from Selic, from the ADs, from the hair and makeup departments, from the costume departments. Camera operators. A, yeah, everything. Yeah. It's That's like, something that shadow hunters taught me so much by working with directors like yourself. And and it's it's sort of how I've always approached work anyway, but it sort of applies to any aspect of our industry and in that you you do all the prep work, but inevitably you get to set something's gonna go wrong. Something so there's gonna be some unknown element. But without that 
preparedness and without, you know, a director like you on hand who knows so much and has done all the prep, you're sort of lost at sea. But having that flexibility to play jazz a little bit with yeah. creatives that you yeah, trust is wonderful. There- there's the version of, of things going wrong, like whether it be weather or, or yeah. something like that. And then there's just the version of discovering something better. You know, what, exactly. what's always important to me again is like uh, uh, with you. And by the way, you guys were very uh, accommodating. You know, I mean, there, there are many actors who, who, who are, are going to challenge every little thing that you say, mm. typically old, oh. older actors. Um, uh, Gene Hackman, I'm talking about you. Um, and if you, uh, 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 or uh, for me to be able to give the actors space to, you know, for certainly, you know, question anything in terms of the script, the staging, you know, why would mm-hmm. I go here and do this? Why would I do that? Or, 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 or just the intent of anything or, or a better idea. Like I love that part of it. And I feel like the actors do too, because they just, you know, you I guys, you, you feel like you're more, uh, you know, a part of it with some meaningful input, you know? Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. You feel trusted. You feel, yeah. you feel heard in that moment. And even if for whatever reason it doesn't go, you know, the way you had thought it out in your head or the way you'd planned it, because we'd, we'd get the descriptions of the sets. So we sort of right. semi, unless they're sets that we've been to a hundred times, we know sort of like, yeah, we're going to walk in, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. But we've sort of got this image in our head of like, yeah, I've I've walked around my apartment and I've done this scene and I know sort of vaguely how I've stepped into it. And to have someone who is in charge, you know, the the collaborating boss, as it were, to come in and say, we're interested in hearing your thoughts on this. What is what it really does it actually for me as someone who sort of can can feel a little self-confident, um, sorry, self-conscious about these things sometimes. Having having someone in that position of power giving me that opportunity really did raise my confidence level for the scenes that we had to walk into. And either way, however we end up with it, we end up discussing it and having a a thing Mm -hmm. that we're all happy with as a group, as a team, which which is a, a really, I think, a hugely beneficial feeling to have on set. Well, that's just well, it. it. Everyone has ownership. A, a happier set yeah. where you guys are feeling mm-hmm. valued and it's not um, something, you, you know, the last thing you want to hear is, look, I, I, you know, I'd love to explain it to you, but we got to go. Or right. um, a line reading is the worst possible <laughs> version of any of that. So, yeah, I mean, to me, like that's that's the thing that you want to be able to do is to just give, you know, let, let it be a little more sort of democratic that way and Mm -hmm. and and you know usually that works out because usually you will find something that's better oh the other thing i was just thinking about which is great not just the kissing but one of my other favorite things from that show was the elevator thing the Mm. the the 50 shades of gray uh erotic tattooing of the rune yeah that yeah, was classic. That's, that's, right. that's great wow. foreplay, that tattooing, eh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing I remember <laughs> about that scene, and speaking of the collaboration of everyone on set, is, you know, when you're in an elevator, it's such a tight space. Dom had to wear my bounce at one point. They had to yeah. tape. Oh, do you remember that? They had you to tape, that? like, was, a piece of white fabric chest, yeah. to his chest. Full service scene partner, baby. <laughs> it's Listen true. I'd do it again. Do it again. Did we build that elevator or, or shoot in a real yeah. elevator? We built it, we, right? I no, no, it was because we disappear up through. Oh, right, because right, we went up, you went it, up yeah. through the panel with They're your, your grand yeah. plan, exactly. They don't let. But I remember the do that tattooing. You know, a little help, a little help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the shadow hunter equivalent to dropping the handkerchief. <laughs> was it a, right? Yeah. Was it a disappearing rune? What was the? It was rune? a Nyx rune. It was uh, night vision, being able night to see vision. in the dark. Oh, night vision yeah. rune. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, I have to say, your memory of the show has been pretty impeccable. Like there, I sort of all of the details you remembered. We have struggled with that. We've gone through it and been like, oh, that's right. This is when this happens, and X, Y, and Z, mm. and had to sort of place it all together. But you, I seem to have remembered every little detail, which is which is. Pretty damn impressive. That's astounding. Well, it was very traumatizing at the time, so it sticks with me. <laughs> yeah, this is just your, this is therapy didn't for you. To push that out. No, uh, no. In full disclosure, when 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 I knew I was going to be doing this, I I scanned I scanned a couple. Uh, of, I, 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 oh, did, okay. I did a, a rewind. Yeah, but but still, it was I, I remembered a lot of it because. Like there was some kind of big stuff. Like that stuff on the yeah. boat was wild. Mm-hmm. And we went um, back to that boat too. 
We went so back to many times. times. Oh, talking yeah. about talking about thunderstorms. Oh. Nothing like a thunderstorm coming in from the deep lake, and you can see the clouds encroaching, and you're stood on a giant fucking steel conductor, just on thinking, "Cover." This is as yeah. all. This is all, all going to die at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. This is great. Um, yeah, we went back to that boat and then we went into the bowels of the boat and had a huge fight scene in the bowels of the boat, but it was like 35, 36 degrees, um, in our leather jackets. And I had a, this sweater that I hated and we were just dodging sweat. It was was like dodging puddles. In the dodging room now. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I did my bit on the boat, that drone shot. I I said, this has got to be the last shot of the season. Yeah. And, and, and it was, and it, and it, it sure worked was. out really, really nicely. Yeah, yeah. I thought that show was really good, and and mm-hmm. um, you know, both both action wise and character wise. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was also the the funny the other funny thing about Cat uh, with you, which is a nice little character moment. Waking up in bed with Simon, that whole thing. Oh, where, that's right. Remember that where he sees you and Simon. Are are, are you going to ask me? When are you going to ask me? When are you going to ask me to be your girlfriend? Yeah, and that was just that was just so much fun because it was like a completely different thing for for you. I remember having mm-hmm. fun with that too. Yeah, not See, so much my... fun for Simon at the end of the day. No, oh, no poor, poor guy. Simon. Simon went, went through, through it all of the seasons. Yeah, he uh, he ended up Alberto, who played Spoiler. Simon, um, ended up falling in love and getting engaged to his co-star yeah. from season three. He met his fiance no on the show. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Who is her? The lovely uh, Tessa, uh, her Mossi. Tessa Mossi. She played Heidi. Oh, fantastic! Well, that yeah. is a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was such a great cast, and Harry's gone on to great things, and of course mm-hmm. Isaiah, who never <sighs> gave me my bottle of Old Spice that he said what? he was going to come through with. So rude. Yeah. No. I, I thought I sort of rated a gift pack of some kind. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but no, you know, I mean, I feel like our episodes led to him being in, in it. Oh, so absolutely. Very much so, yeah. Zip. Yeah. Nothing. Crickets from Isaiah. <laughs> man. <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, man alive. That's oh. great. Well, Miles, it has been absolutely so lovely having you on the show and reconnecting. I, you know, something you were such a, a huge part of the show and a huge part of season one. And, and it's, um, it's been, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Yeah. Well, I miss you guys after having done this, take me on one of those fan things. Sometimes I'll go and I'll get you coffee. Bad idea. Yeah. That- yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm pretty good great. on a panel. I can yeah. handle a panel. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, thanks for having me guys. I really, I really appreciate it. I had a great time. I got to say like nothing so but fond memories yes, such and, a pleasure. and, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, I hope it was for you too. And, um, I'll tell you what, I mean, Kat, I'm in LA pretty often. So um, next time I come, let me let me take you for lunch and it would be nice to just see your smiling face in person. I would absolutely Dom, love that. I'm not often in London, but when I come, I'm coming for you. And I'm excited yeah. to see Nightmare Alley. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah you should wait. really see it. Come on, guys. Show a brother some love here. My girlfriend is in LA. Um, so we're, you know, obviously long distance for the time being. And we we have like movie date nights. And it's on yeah. our movie oh, date so night cute. list, but I can't sit down. Like right now, it's almost ten o'clock, and I'm like, perfect. So let's watch a movie. And I scroll through, and I'm like, can't. I've promised her that we're gonna watch that mm-hmm. one together. <laughs> I'll call her. I'll go. I'll yeah. give you the hall pass. Yeah. Could you? Thank it's you. Not, it's not that. entirely romantic. Like what I might suggest a few episodes of my series Sex Life instead. Okay. If you're looking okay. for a date night movie. <laughs> um, it's pretty popular with the ladies. <laughs> Great. Well, there you go. Perfect. I'm super excited about it. <laughs> All right, kids. Well, let's hope that this is not the last time our paths cross on and offset, because I yeah. know we'd certainly love to work with you again. So thank you for being here. Back at you. Back at you, guys. All right. Love you guys. Return to the Shadows is hosted and executive produced by me, Dominic Sherwood, and Catherine McNamara. Our executive producer is Ling Lee. Our senior producers are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. And our producers are Hannah Harris and Kristin Vermilion. Original music by Alex Kinsey, performed by Alex Kinsey and Catherine McNamara.
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network.